Hello and welcome to another episode of Casting Reflections on Black Mirror, the episode of Casting Views where we take an episode of Black Mirror and as it says, cast views. Your hosts as always are me, Dan and... Dan. Dan, hello. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, hi Dan. Kind of laughing and we're laughing because this is, uh, I wasn't going to reference it, but this is take two at recording this intro. (laughs) And you followed a different script to the last one. I was expecting to say what you did last time around and then you asked for my input. (laughs) I I said, I think I said in the last episode, I never do an intro. I never get the intro the right way. How are you? Yeah, I'm good. I think I know that you've been ill this week, but I'm also feel super tired. Like I'm exhausted, but yeah, I'm doing okay apart from exhaustion. Yeah, I was going to say, don't ask me how I am, but I'm going to take it you have now because I'm going to, yeah. normally when people ask that question, you just expect somebody to say, yeah, yeah, I'm fine. And I would say that, but no, I've been ill all week. So my voice is half gone. My hearing's half gone and I've had technical issues. So just, this is the first episode I think I've come to record of the podcast for almost two weeks now, actually. And I know I cancelled this recording initially because I wasn't feeling up to it. And I've gone to, to start up like my microphone software that's not working so however this turns out I also did a bit of editing today of our last episode so as we're recording this I scheduled that to go out next week and it was fun recording it when you got earache and blocked hearing because I didn't know if some of the issues I was hearing on the audio were genuine or just me so (laughs) this, this will be fun well this is the finale of season three of Black Mirror so I actually ended up watching this because like I said we were going to record this almost like a week ago so I I watched this about a week ago I remember yeah it's been a fairly good episode but I've got mixed views on on my score I know we're talking about score already overall what did you what did you think about this episode it's it's interesting because we obviously have like an initial reaction when you text me straight after you finish watching it. And I didn't get the impression you were too keen on this episode when, when you first text me compared to some of your other ones. Um, oh, no, well, like I learned, as you said last week, I learned the hard way that I'm not going to be overcommittal <laughs> with you now because you called me up on it on, <laughs> on the episode itself. Um, I, I actually really enjoy this episode. Um, I think it's quite clever and I'm sure we're going to go through it, but not sure I'd like the ending, but we'll go through that in, in, in more yeah. detail. Okay, yeah. Before we get into it, we're going to discuss Hated in the Nation, so spoilers for that. But again, this came out in 2016, and as always, I always recommend you watch the episode if you haven't. So it's the sixth and final episode of the third series, written, as always, by Charlie Brooker and directed by James Hawes. It stars, well, it's got a big list of people. Kelly MacDonald, I think, is, is one of the big names as Karen Park. And it's got Benedict Wong as Sean Lee from, well, most people now would know him from the Marvel films, right? So Doctor Strange. Do you know what? I didn't, I didn't, I didn't clock that was him. Uh, Did you not? No, no, so unobservant. Well, do you know what was funny was because the same day I watched this, caught a video on TikTok. Did you ever watch the IT crowd? Yes. He appears in one of those episodes. No. Yeah, very briefly. Yeah. Do you remember? Here we go. Real digression. Do you remember the episode where they play Street Countdown? Yes. Yeah. He's in that. He's the guy who's yeah leading that conversation. Is it Moz, I think, talking to him, telling him about the rules and that. So it was really weird that on the same day I saw two two appearances of him in something that I'd completely forgotten I'd, you know, he'd been in. 
and like I said, there's a whole whole list of other people. And I'll, I'll mention Faye Marzi as Blue Coulson because she's probably the, the other main lead. The interesting thing about this episode is the longest episode of Black Mirror, and it's just under 90 minutes. So it is ultimately, it's a feature-length film, really, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, it is, yeah. Did you kind of clock that it was that long when you were watching it, or did it... No, um, I don't think I would have done, but I think you mentioned to me before I watched it that it was it was, it was was a long one. So only because you mentioned it to me, I don't think I would have, I would have clocked it, because I think I got quite absorbed, so I don't think time really came into it i think it's it's an episode where it felt like it needed that time and i do wonder if a couple of other episodes where we've said maybe the ending could have been better or what have you but i think i know you've got issues with this ending maybe having a few of the other episodes feature length it would be the same but yeah it's it is the longest episode so you're looking at a film length for this one it's filmed largely in London, and I, I do feel I do mention that mainly because, again, I know when the criticism of the series got when it went to Netflix about being overly American, but the last couple of episodes have been filmed in London at least. And yeah, it follows Detective Karen Park, Kelly MacDonald, and Blue Coulson, Faye Marzi, as they investigate a spate of deaths targeting subjects of social media. So I'll leave it there for, for now before we get into the spoilers. So. Anything on any of that before we kick off into the, a brief explanation of the programme? Uh, yeah, I was just looking at some of the things that um, Kelly MacDonald has, has, has been in. Um, and I didn't realise she was in Brave. She played the, the voice of the, of the main character in Brave. Brave. Oh, I've not seen that. Oh, have you not? But, and she's also, she's also did um, Line of Duty as well, didn't she? Playing a very similar yeah. role to what she does in this. For me, she'll always be, um, it'll be train spotting, isn't it? Oh, yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah that, that'll be the, the role. Okay, so I've tried to cut this down as much as I can because, as I said, being 89 minutes, I want to. I don't want it to be an hour recounting this. The episode starts off with Karen. She's entering a courtroom, looking at a file, being asked to recall the events of a specific day. And we then flash back on screen. We see May 15th, day one. She's in a house. She puts on the news. There's a number of news stories being aired including one about honeybee mimicking drone insects called ADIs uh, that have been activated for a second summer. We then cut to a woman walking down the street and she's getting verbally abused by a man. She arrives home. She is handed a cake from a delivery man. She opens it up inside the house and on the cake is a verbal attack on her, you know, quite nasty words to her on it. And we then find out that she is called Joe Powers. She was mentioned in the new one of the news reports that Karen was watching. And she is a journalist who is basically under attack for an article she wrote about a woman that she called the wheelchair martyr. And this is someone who committed suicide outside Downing Street because of some, um, I think, disability benefit reforms. And in this article, Joe Powers called it the most the worst form of attention seeking possible. So this has obviously got the public against her. She logs onto her computer. We see she's got hundreds of comments already abusing her online and hundreds of others waiting in her inbox to abuse her. It then cuts back to Karen and we see her watching a daytime radio show, uh, daytime TV show, sorry, where there's a singer called Tusk who's shown a video of a kid. And I'm laughing at this because I'll ask you about this in a second a video of a kid who's impersonating him backstage 
And the host says, you know, he's doing the dance moves and the host says, oh, what do you think about that? And he basically has a go at the kid, doesn't he? He calls the kid rubbish. It's awful. What did you think about that? Because I found that quite funny because normally we see these sort of things and the celebrities are going, oh, this, oh, aren't they lovely? Aren't they? Oh, it's brilliant. Yeah, they'll be a star in the future. But this guy just seems so pissed off, didn't he? Yeah, I, I found that bit a little bit difficult to watch because he, you don't have to say the kid's brilliant, but you don't have to be like outright mean to him as well. I, I think too much about these things. And it's like, how was he allowed to do an interview with a kid involved anyway? Surely that's his persona from like, he's like that all the time. That doesn't just happen, does it? Yeah. Well, at the time, it does feel like something out of the blue, but it is significant and it will come back to the, We'll come back to that later. But yeah, it's just, I, I found it funny because the kid was backstage, not even a video. It was backstage and he, yeah, he just basically has a go at the kid. So we then see, it cuts back to Joe Powers and we see her looking at the internet and it goes behind her. You see a window open again, feels weird by itself, but we'll come on to it. We then see Karen driving to a murder scene and she meets Colson, who is called her shadow. And we then find out that Joe Powers, the woman from the first scene, has been murdered. We go in, we see a bloody corpse on the floor. And, and again, following on from Men Against Fire, it is quite a gruesome scene, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, indeed. I think she's had her throat cut, hasn't she? And yeah, there's blood everywhere. And we also find out her husband is in hospital, having also been attacked. Paulson, we find out, has come from tech crime division. And there's something interesting that she says. I think she got put on this case because she helped crack a child murderer case by breaking into the murderer's phone. And she says she broke into his souvenir folder on the phone. And she says, the, the throwaway line she says is that our mobile phones know everything about us. Yeah. And again, that's just a theme that's always ever present, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, agreed. Our, our technology and especially our phones are taken over. So that sets the scene now. So Joe's been murdered. So we then cut to day two. We see Coulson is collating every threat made towards Joe in social media as she thinks it's a coincidence that they're looking at the husband. The husband wakes in hospital. He says he heard his wife screaming and she was clawing at herself. She pushed him away, broke a bottle and ultimately killed herself with it. Now, something to say here is... um. Karen is definitely saying it's the husband, you know, it's it's obvious. Whereas the, the Coulson, the, the tech person, she's more open to, to wanting to investigate out wider, isn't she? Yeah, I kind of got the impression at that point that um, Karen, who's obviously a bit more, well, feels a bit more experienced as like a, um, as a detective, feels like she's seen it all. And this is kind of a trend that she's seen throughout life. So she just kind of not wipes it off, but kind of makes a lot of assumptions. Oh, it's got to be the husband type thing. Whereas Blue, who's obviously a bit more inexperienced with this sort of stuff, is more open, like more young and more eager and willing to, to prove it's something else. And like she says, she goes, Karen says it's a bit of a, what's the word, the alibi of the husband, yeah, that she attacked him and then and killed herself. She goes, you know, it's, she, I think she finds that a bit, uh, what's the word, uh, fanciful. Because of all the abuse and attacks she was getting on social media, they go to find, oh, they find a cake there. That's right. And they think maybe she might have been poisoned by the cake, don't they? Yeah. So they go to find out who sent her it. And it's, they find out it's a teacher. Just bef before, sorry, before you move on to past the cake, is Blue was open to the idea that the kind of the cake could have been a contributor, could have been laced with something. 
And even though Karen had already sent it off for testing, she almost dismissed that theory from Blue. Because it kind of got into a conversation. She kind of almost belittled her, didn't she? Like she was some sort of rival, like young young rival. And it, it was a case of um, she belittled it. No, it's not the cake. It's not the cake. Oh, but we've actually sent it off for testing anyway. So she'd almost done that bit, but was trying to downplay or belittle Blue in the process. It almost feels like she's just jaded. She's done this long enough. Yeah, it's the husband. He's the only one in the house. Case solved. Let's let's get on with the, the next one kind yeah. of thing, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. So they find out it's a teacher. And, and and again, I found this bit funny, not funny, ha-ha, but funny because you can imagine this nowadays. So I think she's a primary school teacher, isn't she? And we find out that she had a whip round because she goes, oh, it's an expensive cake and delivery. So she goes, yeah, I couldn't afford it. So we had a whip round on a on a mum's and carer's forum, didn't she? She said, so they all put like a quid in a whip round to send this abusive cake. Yeah, and that's interesting in itself because these should be mothers of young children to the extent yeah. where you you should almost be teaching your kids or setting the example that this isn't this isn't nice thing to do. Yeah, I, yeah. I think that was almost deliberate, wasn't it? To kind of yeah, show I think how that... everyone has a bit of a mean streak in them. Yeah, I think that was a perfect thing to show, as, especially as a primary school teacher, how what she'd done how out of character you'd assume it would be. And, and she seems so matter of fact about it. She didn't seem upset at all or concerned that this woman had been killed and that she sent a cake that was yeah. um, sort of attacking her. The one thing I wanted to look at, because she then gets fined under the Offensive Communications Act. So I wanted to see if that was actually a thing. It sounds like it should be. Um, but what we see on, on social media now, th these people would be raking it in if these fines were real. But anyway, so yeah, so she then goes to arrest the husband because Karen is still convinced it's her husband um, after finding out that, you know, the person who sent the cake was just a teacher who just did it for, what's the word, like hitting back at her. But we then find out as well, oh, and that's the other thing, because there is a comment made, oh, the, the internet will just find the next person to hate. And we do then find out that the internet's hatred is now being directed to the singer from earlier, Tusk. And... It cuts to him after a gig, doesn't it? He's in the car park. He starts screaming, clutches his head like Joe's husband said she, she was doing. And then he's taken to hospital. Now, as he's in the hospital, he has a scan and he starts, what's the word? He starts uh, convulsing in the MRI scanner. And so they pull him out. They stop it, pull him out. And there's blood on his face. And basically what he's had is we then find out he had a, one of those bees in his head yeah. and the MRI scan basically because it's a magnet pulled it out through his head and basically it came out of his eye day three Karen and Coulson go to the hospital where Joe Powers is being autopsied and the the guy doing the autopsy so he found a hole in her head which goes from the ear to the brain and in it he found a bee and he said her her suffering would have been even worse because it crawled right through the brain's pain receptor. So in both people, one of these ADI drones has gone into the person's head. So they go to the bee manufacturers to find out what's going on. So these, I think it's keen to say that the bees were invented, these drones were invented because bee numbers were falling. So they were created to pollinate flowers, etc., to carry on the bees' work. They are autonomous. They're not controlled by anyone due to the number of them because Karen asked, could, you know, do, 
who controls them he goes well no one we've got thousands of them and because they're autonomous they've even started to create their own hives and reproduce via 3d printing now karen says there's a view that the government are using them to spy on people and the companies say that's just conspiracy theory it's clearly not true when asked if they malfunction he said no they wouldn't they would just break and again, if when asked if they could be hacked, it was stated that due to the military-grade encryption they have, they can't be. We find out there's around 4,000 bees per hive, and they can locate where the hives are. Coulson, in the meantime, because she's from the tech world, and she doesn't, you know, obviously is starting to sniff there's something going on here, searches for Joe Power's postcode, and we find out that one bee got lost. Coulson finds out that the hashtag... Def2, which was uh, trending at the time, so it was Def to Joe Powers and Def to Tusk, started with two bot accounts. And these bot accounts had pictures of bees as an avatar. And there was a video attached that detailed a game called Game of Consequences. And the rules for this game were the internet will pick a target, post a photo and name with the hashtag Def2, the most popular target would be eliminated after five o'clock each day and the game resets at midnight. So basically, if whoever the internet hated, they would do hashtag def2 and they did Joe Powers. If she got more than the next person after five o'clock, one of these bees was sent to, to kill them. So they look on the internet to see who the next hashtag is after and it's a woman called Clara. Her crime was to urinate against a war memorial. It's quite funny how the stats go up each day, doesn't it? So it's it's really caught caught on. Whereas the first person, Joe Powers, is probably the most well. Her and Tusk are probably more famous than the third one, but the third one has a lot more votes because it's beginning to become viral. Um, I guess on on social media, which I thought was quite interesting as well. Yeah, well, that's something interesting that we yeah we will come on to it, and and you're absolutely right because it felt like the Joe Powers one was almost isolated, and then uh, as soon as the Tusk one happens, and then it started to to snowball. Now, when the police get her, they take her to a safe house, but then we find in the B company, and I've forgotten the name. Sorry, they lose a hive. They lose a whole hive that's close to the safe house, and then you see they lose contact with all the hives in the country. We then see it's quite weird isn't it a massive swarm of bees head to the house and start trying to get into the safe house and then they do do you see how they did it they did it by opening the letterbox yeah. didn't they and flying yeah. in through the letterbox karen gets clara sorry and shuts her in the bathroom where they're trying to look at what to do one gets in gets up her nose and kills her now i would have thought surely when they knew what was going on couldn't they have got like a motorbike helmet or something and put it on there i mean it would have been a shorter episode i guess <laughs> So Clara dies. We've now had our third victim from the bees. Coulson concludes that they surely can must be getting to the victims by facial recognition. We then find out through Benedict Wong's character that the government made the company give them access to the visual feed for in times of national security. So ultimately, the government were spying through uh, the drones on people. So he then says that it saved numerous lives by doing this. Day four. And this is what I wanted to come back to your point. The hashtag is now spreading. So the, at this point, you do see on the internet now and on news channels, actual debates about it, isn't it? That the hashtag Def2 has now become 
a thing. Yeah, because I think people now know that this is killing people. But what's weird is more people are using it to to effectively kill someone. They're they're it's I don't know what the word for is, it, but it's it, you're voting for someone to die, and it, yeah, that whole concept. And you're right, the debates and the debate that happened in the war room the next day with the the politician guy was was very interesting. I thought. Well, this is it because now the number one there is almost like a poll. There's a leaderboard, sorry, on on social media, and the chancellor is number one. So he's obviously panicking. So he's number one, and there is someone I can't remember who it was, but is a suspected paedophile was at number four, and the chancellor wanted to throw out a smear story on that person to get him up to number one. And yeah. when someone said, look, you can't do that, we don't know. And he goes, oh, you know he is. It's almost like yeah, he's know, not yeah. a convicted one, but he says, oh, he must have done, or you know him more than yeah. I do or something. Yeah. So, and, yeah, rather... And that whole concept is quite... And I know I'm applying common sense to probably something which dramatic and wouldn't have worked as well, but there's so many criminals in the country. And yes, it's... Yeah. It's kind of natural to kind of like pick a politician because you know they do stuff which which is unpopular, but they're not they're not like the worst people in society. There's they you know there's people locked up in prison. There's people that have murdered people. We're all sitting there, which could have been easily voted as number one, but people are still choosing to to aim towards a politician because he's made some unpopular decisions. Well, that's it. If you look at it, it's been a journalist who has obviously said some dreadful things about a person. You've got a singer who berated a kid and you've got, yeah, a politician above someone who's potentially, and, and the person, so, so what I took from that as well is the person who's suspected of, of being a paedophile is at number four. So above him, there's three yeah. people, yeah. you know, yeah. <laughs> and, like, and, and it's like, but we'll come on to that at, at the end. We'll definitely discuss that element. And the other interesting, and I don't know if you're about to come on to it, sorry, but the other interesting thing about that scene was when he said, well, let's take down social media. Let's stop it. And they go, no, we can't do that. And you're like, it's so powerful, this tool, yeah. isn't it? You'd think there'd be a circumstance. And to be honest, I think social media companies should be doing more today against trolling than, than they currently are. But you know, this is the extreme we're talking about, and you still can't take down social yeah. media. Yeah, yeah. No, absolutely, absolutely. Paulson at the time is trying to hack into one of the drones and at, so what they're now also then trying to do is interview people who worked at the company to find out what's going on. They bring in a junior who she quit the company uh, because she took a photo of a guy on the tube and I think did he have a mental health issue I think and I can't remember if she put something slightly disparaging about him but then she got a lot of flack on social media and Karen looks down and sees on this woman's uh, wrist she can see some scars so this and that's it she says she mentions there are, um, all of a sudden she made one mistake on social media and she goes there are a million invisible people all talking about how they despise me she says she made a mistake but the people who are having fun continually kicking her is what got to her and then she obviously tried to take her life and her flatmate saved her on hearing his name, Karen asked for him to be found. And at the same time, we find out that Coulson has found this guy's name. So it's a guy called Garrett in a manifesto within the B. So, so basically this guy, I think, has taken what happened to his friend. I think, he, I think we get the impression that this, he fancied it or he liked this woman. 
who tried to take her life after this uh, this mistake she made on social media and is now doing something with these bees. We don't know what, we don't know why, but she found a manifesto. So we cut to seeing how the army demoing how they would destroy a hive, but as they do, we see the bees attack them. And we then get a bit, now I did go back today to read it. We don't see all of it. Now I'm sure we probably can find it somewhere, but the manifesto that this guy wrote was called The Teeth of Consequence. And it was a 98 page manifesto. But the bit Karen reads out is, thanks to the technological revolution, we have the power to rage and accuse, spout bile without consequence. Only by being forced to recognize the power technology grants us to acknowledge individual responsibility. And I think, can we then fight back? So just in that alone, you can see this guy's clearly angry about how people behave on social media, right? They then conclude by putting two and two together that the attacker wants people on social media to face the consequences of what they say. I think they say he sees people as insects and that what he's doing is going to be the justice. So the interesting thing is that here is then that Coulson finds an address where he is. And then there's a policeman, isn't it, as part of the investigation. He does, because he, at this point he doesn't know what's going on, he puts a hashtag of the man out, doesn't he? Because he, I think yeah, he's trying death, to get attention death to, to him. Yeah, death to Garrett Foxen, isn't it? And he, he yeah, tweeted that Garrett out. Skulls, I think. Skulls, yeah, sorry, Garrett Skulls. But yeah, he's, he's just done it just to try get some heat on him to try uh, sort of find out where he is. So they infiltrate the building. Of course, it's empty, but they find a hard drive. And then they through that, they find a, a door into the network and find a file that wasn't there before. They open it up and see it's full of IMEI numbers. So the, the, phone, the, mo, uh, the numbers that are unique to cell phones, mobile phones, and it's 387,000 numbers. We then find out that it's actually a list of everyone who has used the hashtag. So Sean wants the uh, the system shut down, but Karen says it's too simple. And she then starts thinking now more like uh, Coulson and starts thinking that it's the people who voted who are the real targets and that this is a trap. He overrules her and shut the system down and a map of England in front of them turns red and we see bees flying from every hive. And this is the end now. We see a host of bees at the window of the school teacher because she's used it. We see bees going towards a police station because that policeman did hashtag to the, the criminal. And in the meantime, we see Garrett, who is the mastermind in another country. He He's changed his clothes, shaves his beard and head. He puts contact lenses in crosses a dam, throws his laptop in the water. Now, cuts to the present day. So this is clearly a court case to discuss everything that happens. So we don't really realise that that day, th those 387,000 people were killed, right, by these bees. It's never quite stated, but you understand there's been a massive loss of kind of made they kind of, Yeah, they kind of made references to the loss, didn't they, on the news um, and, and being a big loss. So, And we, we knew that, well, we knew that the teacher was definitely about to be attacked. And we know that the, yeah. the police officer was about to be yeah. attacked, didn't we? So we then, when asked about Coulson, Karen says that she blamed herself. She was new. She blames herself because they followed the trap, uh, the trail and sprung the trap that Garrett had left. She left the police and the police found her things four months later with a note. And she says that they believe she took her life. 
But then what it is, is Karen is then being driven away from the court. She gets a text, doesn't she? And we see Coulson is actually following Garrett. We're in a bar somewhere. She's changed her look as well. She's texted her to say, got him. And that's how it ends. Yeah. So where do you want to start on this? Firstly, about the episode itself then. What, what, what did you think about the episode? I, I really liked the episode. Um, I thought it was clever. I think it has a quite, kind of a lot of parallels to, to real life. Um, I feel like Garrett has a point. If he, did it, if he In a weird sort of way, if he didn't do it in such an extreme way, but the whole highlighting of toxicity on, on social media. Um, so I think he has a point of, about that. Um, but yeah, really. And I thought the, the AI bit was interesting for the bees because I don't think we're a million miles away from something like that um, coming. But again, it's, you know, it's, it's kind of like quite, we're developing this AI, which means we're going to have to be extra, extra careful with things like security and, you know, cybersecurity because, you know, the greater the technical advance, the greater the risk of something damaging happening as well. Yeah, it's interesting what you say that he he has got a point. It's just the way he's gone about it is quite drastic, right? Yeah. Oh yeah, don't condone it. Please, <laughs> yeah. please have please have it recorded. Yeah. I don't condone what he did, but I think the, the theory of comments yeah. to Dan S. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, no. Yeah, and and like I said, the bees because the thing is. It's interesting that throwaway comment at the start that people call it a, a conspiracy theory and it's like, no, 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 it's not, it's not. And it's like, you wouldn't, what an opportunity it has to have all those eyes around the country, you know, yeah. 4,000 uh, drones that could go anywhere and everywhere, everywhere and anywhere. And and that bit wasn't far-fetched, was it? When he kind of come out and said, well, the government are using them, that bit felt <laughs> like that could yeah. be real. Yeah, you, yeah. You, you, you wouldn't blame them. Or you would not blame them, so you wouldn't you wouldn't be surprised if if that came out. Yeah, well, because the guy then says, um, "Oh, it was to be done in times of national security," and Karen sarcastically goes to him, "So all the time, then, basically, yeah, because yeah, yeah once you've got that that route in, they're going to use it all the time." Yeah, and this is where I do like the episode, but a couple of things for me stand out. It, it, it's like you said at at the point where the public realised it was. You have to assume that they did know that it was the hashtag that was getting these people killed. I, I don't know. I'd like to think maybe it's because we're good people, but I, I, I like to think we live in a world where people then wouldn't be using that hashtag and jumping all over it. Do you know what I mean? Because yeah, they are I, then, I, they're, they're, is it manslaughter? Is it murder? I, I don't know. Is it? But yeah, I, I'd like to think that I wouldn't attack anyone on social media um, like that. But you just know that people would, and and you think, you think you know when big things happen in sport, like you know when our three English guys missed that penalty in the, in the Euro final a couple of years ago, the abuse they yeah. got on social media, yeah, was was horrific. And you know we we've had, you know we've had celebrities commit suicide. I think of Caroline Flack with the amount of stuff that she got abused for on social media. I just can't see that people wouldn't. I think we live in a world where it's too easy to to type something from behind your keyboard. Yeah. And I just, it, yeah, I, I, I could see it happening. You know, like I said, how it ramped up when it became more public. Yeah. I 100% think that would happen in real life if that was a thing. And it wouldn't be the people that deserved a punishment. It would be, you know, minor faults. Yeah, yeah. 
Now, I've got a note here, and I, I wish I'd expanded on it properly because someone says it's about freedom of speech, but, you know, and it's like one of the said, what, send threatening messages. And, and that's what people ultimately think freedom of speech is. It, people believe freedom of speech is that you can say anything you want. Yeah. I think you can have freedom of speech, but what this episode shows is that there's also consequences to speech. And yeah. this episode takes that to the nth level doesn't it that the consequences that they kill people now what feels particularly cool though as well is that the three people in in terms of the journalist the singer and clara even though technically they weren't the main targets of this game they were still killed by this game and it feels like yeah. they were harsh collateral in this weren't they yeah yeah agreed so this actually this episode came from an idea where he received uh, sorry as in brooker himself experienced hate mail after writing a guardian column in 2004 where he had a go at george w bush and there was another journalist i think who'd, who'd written a book about so you've been publicly shamed and again it, yeah if you just distill it down to this kind of hatred online is happening now it's just because there is no it's funny isn't it that in in here the ultimately uh, some really bad things happen but the main aim was to punish the people perpetrating it so yeah he ultimately these 387 people thousand people that used the hashtag were then killed too and, I, and again i'm not condoning i'm not saying something like that should happen in real life now but it happens now at a much bigger scale we're talking more than 387,000 people worldwide who would, who does this kind of vitriol. But it's allowed to happen, isn't it? Yeah, it's, we could talk about this a bit for ages. But, you know, I think you said it when you were describing the episode about the invisible people. Or I got, like, yeah. invisible hate from, like, a million invisible people, I think, or something along those lines. That's exactly what it is. You know, you sign up to a social media account. You don't have to give any proof of ID. You don't have to give any validation you are who you are. You can just go out there and talk to whoever you like. And it's it's too easy to abuse someone. And I think people just do it. In It's just not a very nice world, I don't think, on, on social media at the moment. No, and that's what I'm saying. You know, for me, there's just no policing. Now, I've seen some accounts report some really vile messages and they're then told, no, it doesn't break our terms of service. And it's like, yeah. these people, or I'd like to think they wouldn't, wouldn't say anything like this to the person's face. But again, yeah. you put them behind the keyboard and a screen yeah. and everyone becomes really brave then, don't they? Yeah, yeah, exactly. And we see it a lot in football and we've described it as a bit tribal um, at times and there's a lot more conflict around that world. But you're right, if, if you were mixing with those people in real life, there's no way you would say it. And the other point about the bots as well, you know, because the bots started this, didn't they? Is you can have thousands of fake accounts that, you know, someone has just set up a bot for and it can spread a thousand times worth of hate. And it's just these nasty people are magnifying what what they are. Yeah. The, the other thing that hit hit me was, so the policeman did the one tweet. He said he just wanted to do it to to kind of try put a bit of pressure on him but you also know that there are going to have been people that would have done it because they've seen it trending and just wanted to jump in on that 
and so yeah i've done it and and that to me is almost even it's almost even worse than the people that are doing it frequently because it's like then they're just jumping in casually to spout bile to someone because that you know they want to be part of something and it's like instead of jumping on something that's good they're jumping onto this hatred it's quite interesting when he he did that tweet from the office when he discovered it because firstly he's a bit of an idiot really because he's kind of then making the victim not making the guy garrett know that they found out who it is because you know he's just putting it out there in the world and also he's getting in the hesitate I think he was a little bit hesitated hesitation when he was posting, wasn't it? I think it did he delete yeah. it and retype it or something along those lines. Um but it just showed how easy it is to get something like that out into the, the whole world. You know, he did it within yeah. a matter of seconds. Yeah. And I kind of go right back to the start again when they visit the teacher and like she's really matter of fact about the fact that she sent that cake and that it came from a whip round on the mum's forum. I think I still think yeah. that's brilliant. That really set the tone, didn't it? But yeah, she 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 was just trying to justify this is okay behaviour. This this is the reason why I did it. This is how I did it. That's okay, even though the woman's dead. <laughs> like it's it's bizarre. And the fact then when it kind of turned into like a game. So when it got announced what was happening in the game, it was like we then had the top five. It was almost like there was yeah. a a table then on social media, wasn't there? About who's top? It's yeah. And and again, it kind of had echoes of <laughs> the first ever episode, the the national anthem, where. They, they were then trying to find out what we can do. And, and like I said, the fact that the Chancellor's first reaction was rather than trying to channel things into the investigation, it was let's put out another story about the guy at yeah. number four. <laughs> you know, it's not about trying to stop it. It's about trying to put someone else at number one. <laughs> yeah. I think survival instinct took over, didn't it? Yeah. Uh, but yeah, I thought that bit, I, that bit I did find quite interesting. I know you talked about it in the description. You find that whole... bit quite true as well. Yeah, I, I think he goes, you know, there's a paedophile at, at number four, he goes, suspected paedophile, was innocent. No, he's not. Like, and that, that whole conversation I thought was brilliant. Well, I, well, I'm talking about more, forget about what number four was suspected of doing, but I can imagine that the person at number one would be trying to do something to get the person yeah. at number two or three up to the top. So can you imagine it's, it's then a, it's then a, a smear upon smear campaign? Yeah, yeah. It gets you thinking, doesn't it, this episode? Yeah, no, it definitely does. I can't remember what state social media would have been in seven years ago like that, but we definitely see these these pylons now, don't we? Yeah. Yeah. And it's horrible. Like, even though I'm a user of social media, I would be quite happy if it was taken away completely. I think it could help a lot of things, but never will. There's too much money in it. Yeah, yeah. I, I, just going back to something you said, it's it's the only thing where you can say what you want, but you don't have to prove who you are. Yeah. Or justify the reason for the, the hatred, right? So, yeah, yeah. you know, you can spread hate and not even tell people why. Like like you, you said about freedom of speech, I think you're entitled to have an opinion. Doesn't mean you need to say it with so much hatred and toxicity. Like you can take it back a step and express why you're angry or upset about something. Yeah. But at no point should you want someone dead because because of it. You know what I mean? It's like... I think freedom of speech is often used... I think people say that when they want to say stuff that they know they can't... That they shouldn't say, sorry. Not that they can't yes. stuff that they shouldn't say. And then use it, use freedom of speech. It's like, like I said, we do have freedom of speech, but you've got to 
be prepared for the consequences of what you say. And that's the harsh lesson that these people in this episode learn ultimately. Yeah. Interestingly, just in case you were interested, right? So I just I just searched for hashtag death to on social Literally. media. Yeah. And people have people are using it. Like and obviously really? we know it's, it hasn't got a consequence, but people have used that hashtag with, with a person's name after it. Wow. They've they've obviously not watched Black Mirror, so <laughs> <laughs> the other thing I thought was I've said it a few times about this show is I'm not sure I like the ending. Yeah. I felt like when she was walk when Blue was following him in that um foreign place, if it had said to be continued and then like the second half of that, like, you know, how they how she disappeared and faked her own disappearance and then followed him and you know what happened when she met him, that would be spot on. But I feel like they've missed hours and hours and hours of like footage in just that last sort of 40 seconds. Yeah, for me, I just miss not seeing justice being served to him. Yeah. Which I know I think is part of the, the point of it. But also, you still don't know. She goes, we've got him. But what have they done? You don't know what country they're in. You don't know what kind of laws there are. All, she, what... all she's done is follow him down a path. Yeah, and, she's found him. Yeah, but and the other thing I thought as the episode was going on I was like she could be in on this. Like and that yeah. would be an interesting twist as well. Is if she, you know, she was sent to kind of a company because there's no, you know, she hasn't shown any ID or it's, no one's yeah. said anything about her being there. She's just turned up, and I felt like yeah. it would have been quite interesting if she was part of it in assisting. I did think when you saw that her clothes were folded up on the beach, and and Karen says, "Yeah, they found a note." My my mind went to she was part of it with him and she's now gone to be with him. And when I saw her there, I thought, yep, that's it. But then no, then Karen got the message. And, and the fact that she just deleted the message because it came up from an unknown sender is clear that they've obviously been in touch since she knew exactly who it was from straight away. So yeah, again, I just feel the ending for me. I just wanted to see, I'm I'm always one, like you want to see justice served or I want to see justice served. And it just felt like, the fact he's got away from it. And like you said, at the moment, he is still getting away with it. And let's be honest, he outsmarted him quite a lot. And I, I just can't see how her following down a path is going to get him. <laughs> like... Yeah, yeah, yeah. And and, he, and and you do think, now, okay, he was an employee of that company. So that's how he knew the internal of that company, uh, the drone company. But it's like, he's obviously quite savvy with tech as well. So would he not know or have tracks on the fact that he's being followed i don't know i don't know do you think that if now that i've had this disaster following these bees and um the use of ai in them do you think they would have shut that scheme down or do you think they would have carried it on i think they they would have had to i think they would have had to if if it was just i say just if it was just the three people that were killed possibly they would have covered it up and gone on with Carried it on. but you can't have the fact that they lost control of the bees they swarmed everywhere and we assume three hundred eighty-seven thousand people and three were killed you couldn't let that carry on right yeah not no, they'd yeah. probably shut it down for five years and say oh no we've this is mark two now they probably do them as a different insect to say no the bee it's not the bees or anymore. or they'd move on to self-driving cars because <laughs> oh, yeah. that could be yeah. a lot worse yeah yeah <laughs> Yeah, really interesting idea. The The initial idea actually was to have characters vote for an individual to be killed by a robot. 
So that was what he initially was going to do. It is amazing how you see things change over time. Yeah, and this one is the script was also, as well as Brooker's own experience, it was informed by John Ronson's books, who'd been publicly shamed about online shaming and hate mail addressed to comedian Stuart Lee over Jerry Springer, the opera. Apparently, he found it a difficult episode to write. He got halfway through it, put it aside, and carried on with the rest of the series. Now, the only other thing before we go into some Easter eggs was he was explicitly told by Netflix that this episode could not be the premiere of the season because of its length. They said because of how long it would be, it would discourage viewers from watching the next episode right away. Oh, a bit of binge watching. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, so much so he's put it at the end. So yeah, they were so worried that people wouldn't then want to watch the next episode that they told him you can't have that as episode one, which I find quite (laughs) funny. Right, so got some easter eggs which i again i didn't pick up but did you have you got any that you found not that i found i would take an educated guess that the prime minister from the first episode gets mentioned in one of those ticket news ticker let me go through what i've got in yeah in so in the at the start when she turns on the news there's that ticker at the bottom it shows three things um in the far shot there is a headline reading uh Jemu. Uh, which is the video game company in Playtest. Okay. So it says Saito Gemu team investigated over tourist disappearance, which is interesting. Victoria Scalane in jail cell suicide attempt. So she was a character in White Bear. And in the closer shot, the headline reads, US military announced mass project, referring to the software seen in the previous episode, Men Against Fire. When Agent Karen Park first looks at Joe Power's alerts list on her computer, a list of hashtags can be seen on the right side of the screen. Most of these refer to other episodes. There's hashtag extinction reaction refers to the episode itself. While there's hashtag Saito Jemu is a video game company in playtest. Hashtag cubicle living refers to 15 million merits as it was the way most of its characters are living. And hashtag mass refers to men against fire. In the morning scenes, Karen has a TV on, on the news, and the news ticker shows three items again. The headline reading, Sato unveils Harlech Coulson 6, the video game company again in playtest. ECHR rules cookies have human rights, which again was White Christmas. And Reputelligent shares Nosedive, and Reputelligent was the social media company in Nosedive. So you've got two Easter eggs there for the price of one. And was there anyone else? I think, no, I think that's it. Oh, there's another, later on, there's um, another one saying that Skillane has appealed. Oh, no, that her appeal was thrown out of court. Sorry. So it's amazing how you're still getting the furthering of these stories in later episodes. So that is all I had on on the episode itself. Did you have any, anything else you wanted to talk about before we get to no, scores? No, no. Let's go. Let's go to scores. Right then. As always, you can go first. So I think I'm going to give this a seven point eight. Oh, um, okay. I feel like. Did you think I was going to go higher or lower? I thought you might go lower. Uh, yeah, I'm going to go seven point eight, and I think it would have been pushed up towards the high eights if they got that ending a bit better and not not so open-ended 
um, to a point where you could probably, you know, that ending, you could have had about 40 different things happen um, after the ending. It was so open-ended. So, yeah, so they closed it off a bit. I think I would have been higher. I thought this had a good cast as well, so that was also contributing to my score. Yeah, I, I think I'm going to give it a seven. I liked it. I liked how it did feel like a, a thriller, like a drama. Do you, do you know what I mean? It felt like yeah. it felt like an episode of a police program. It could, easily, I, been, it could have easily been. It could have easily been Line of Duty or something along those lines. Yeah, it? yeah. And whilst there was like that fanciful bit of tech in it with these B drones, it was um, it was quite a, a realistic episode, if you know what I mean, wasn't it? it yeah. There, there was an element of reality to it, and. And you know that the, the whole reflection on um, pun not intended, but I'll take it. The whole reflection on social media and and how people um, react to it, I thought it was good. So I'll, I'll give it a seven, but may, mainly I think because of it felt like a good good bit of drama. Yeah. Okay, so that is then the end of series three. We're barreling on to the next season, season four. So yeah, that was. Um, it's weird. I remember the episodes in season four a lot more. Well, a number of them a lot more. Um, and I actually season four and five than I do season three. So I think it's going to be good going back to back to them. A lot of big actors still to come up in in some of these episodes, aren't there? So yeah, they do get they do get some big names, don't they? Well, they do. Even if you look at this, because I can't remember when Doctor Strange would have come out. When when would Doctor Strange have come out? Let's have a quick look. And that was 2016 as well. So I don't know if he's if if he's getting them at just before they make it big in this because it was the same with Hayley Atwell. I think she appeared in in it the same year she starred in the MCU. So, but I guess at this point people are are, are lining up to be in it. Like we like I said, I've not seen the new series, but you've got um, Salma Hayek, you... Josh Hartnett, the guy from Breaking Bad. I forget his name, but yeah, there's some big names in it. And look, Mr. Brooker, if you're listening, Dan and I are huge fans, so I know you've got a new season coming up. So if there's a bit part for a podcast that, that's discussing something in one of your episodes, we come at a reasonable rate, don't we, Dan? Yeah, yeah, I do. I'd, I'd worry about how we'd be written into the storyline and how evil it could be, but yeah. But imagine reviewing that episode. Yeah, yeah, exactly. That would be Black Mirror-ish, wouldn't it? If you're listening to this, help us get into the next series of Black Mirror, yeah. <laughs> All right, anything else before we go, Dan? No, that's everything. Thank you. Okay, yeah, we'll catch you on the next episode of Cast Reflections on Black Mirror. Two, three, four. If I want your opinion, I will give it to you. Come on, check what we got, because you need. Don't make us get a spark and force feed it. Come on. We-